Hello, and welcome to Arms of the Tide. I'm Quinn Welsh Wilson, facilitator. Again, this week we don't have anything particularly special to talk about up front, so let's just get into the show. I'm Chanel, and I'm playing Cleo. I'm Joe, and I'm playing Lions. I'm John, and I am playing Local. Previously on Arms of the Tide, the gang helped fix up Vanui at Philly Akabia's clinic. They discussed what life might look like for the young scientist now that he had defected from Contechnologics. The gang also paid a visit to Gorfman's repose in order to plant some evidence, making it look as though Vanui had died in the fire that brought down the bar. After an uncomfortable encounter with Cheney, as well as some arson investigators, Local managed to sneak in and plant the evidence that was needed. Now, after all of the commotion, the gang gets back together to figure out what the next steps might be. We open on the warehouse where Lyons has run back to after fleeing the scene of the crime and where presently Local and Cleo find themselves returning as well. Cleo is still bound by the handcuffs that were put on her at the scene of the now destroyed bar Gorfman's repose. There are no signs of Chaloon being around the warehouse right now. It does sound as though there might be some activity in another part of the warehouse, though, be that Wari or Ashun or another member of the Arms of the Tide who maybe you're less familiar with. In what part of the warehouse do you find yourselves meeting right now? I would imagine the room that we normally meet Wari in. Yeah, given that we can't get the handcuffs off of Cleo without actually trying to take them off, because the way the cuffs are set up, uh, if you try to break them, they constrict so you have to actually go in and unlock them rather than break them so there's that workbench in the room that we're normally at and we can attempt to get the cuffs off there all right cleo has jumped through her arms below her to at least have the handcuffs in front of her rather than behind her back so she can't see what's going on gives her a little more control and some kind of usage of her hands at the same time so she can grasp things but not do much with them lions puts their paws up on locals work bench as we gather around and lion prepares to bark out some assistive backseat co-hacking love co-hacking <laughs> co-hackitation so go ahead and give me a tinker roll to see if you can liberate cleo's hams oh baby that's a no What'd you roll? Uh, one and a two. The way I see it, there's not a lot that we gain narratively if Cleo remains in handcuffs, basically unable to do anything except maybe give people vocal direction. So I'm thinking that this is probably going to be an interesting opportunity for something to happen that points toward a, a future complication or makes things more difficult. We can, using my bringing down the house ability, I can just immediately break anything, but it could damage your wrists before I can get them completely off of you. I was going to say, what if you broke one of my hands? I was going to say, what if it starts beeping and we find out it's a bomb and now we have a bomb inside the warehouse that we need well, to take oh, care of? It much more likely be a tracking deal. device. <laughs> I'd rather us deal with having a broken hand. Yeah, so if you want to take a level two 
arm. It can either be a broken wrist or a broken hand. Mm, hand. All right, so let's play that out. What does that look like as your hand gets broke? The way that the cups look in AO is they are kind of like a square and they have two holes in the middle, kind of like a little guillotine where each hand goes, like it claps over the top. Oh yeah, like like in the stocks. Yeah, there you go. And he goes and he tries to break it in half like a candy bar, but instead he's accidentally grabbed too harshly on one of her hands and it just breaks the hand. But the other hand is free and then the handcuffs are broken. They are crumpled into smithereens. Really? You gonna put this on me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You rolled it! And lions helped. (laughs) (laughs) Lions helped immediately afterwards by giving bandages and resetting the fracture. Yeah, so there is this sickening crunch as local botches this handcuff removal. Yo, that was my hand! I am sorry. To be fair, I am really anxious, and so, you know, probably not the most helpful of Ooh, it's backwards. Oh, my God. I don't think your fingers are supposed to go that way, Cleo. I'm gonna... Uh, you should seek medical attention immediately. I know! Uh, Cleo, you, you might want to... Bite down on I this. I think I'm gonna throw up. No, no, I bite, think I'm gonna bite throw down, up. Bite down. Bite down. Oh, this is. I guess I think I'm gonna throw up. Lions picks up one of their balls <laughs> on the floor and just like puts it back down and rolls it away because they don't want Cleo's vomit on their wall. Cleo puked on the floor from looking at her own hand. It looks like a piece of bacon that has been put in a blender and then brought back out and given to a dog, but the dog did not like the taste of the bacon. The dog spits it out and the cat tries it cat also doesn't like the way it tastes but it has little punctures in it now what do you think i did to you (laughs) you rolled a one (laughs) and a two and a two lions finds a towel for cleo to bite down on so that way lions can reset cleo's hand and as you lay out cleo's hand to reset it the door slides open and there is a sprout stage m guy who enters the room and mostly we've seen blossom stage m guy at this point in the story when m guy are born they're relatively humanoid looking they have very large bulbous heads that sort of like look like onions or fruit and then they have basically almost toddler proportioned bodies just with this this very large head and then they decide the form that they're going to take and they bud and then they blossom into whatever form that they're going to take later on this particular person has for whatever reason not budded yet often this means that they are juvenile in like the maturation sense of the term but there are some old m guy who for one reason or another choose never to bud Hey, it's a very difficult decision. This is Vlambeer, who you do not know all that well, but you know that he has a thing or two to do with operations around here. Hey, what are you doing? Oh my god, what happened to her hand? Nothing, everything is fine. It's broken. No, it looks... you're fine. It looks like you put bacon in a blender and then you tried to feed it to a dog. I know. And the dog didn't like it and then and then it was on the floor and a cat came up and tried to eat it, but the cat didn't like it, so there's puncture marks in it now. That's what I've been trying to say. 
You don't even have a hand, little sproutling, you little sproutstookles. You should go. I, I have hands right here. Nah, and not fake any hands. Flambeer lifts up his tiny little like mittens and is like squeezing them. I regret to inform you that that's not what the rest of us consider to be hands. You little Paw Patrol, skedaddle on out of pitter patter. I'm I'm a I'm a grown up. I'm aligned with the rebel organization. <laughs> I know. I make you are. my own mature choices. <laughs> yes, you do. You're very mature now. Pitter patter. Why are you tweeting me like a baby? <laughs> <laughs> because I am doing very important work, and I don't have the time to babysit you. Well, I'm the person who has to clean up your messes. I. That's not my mess. That's Cleo's. She's the one who vomited. I. Her to, sp- to bite down. I'm sorry. It's just gross. It's, it's fine. I just I don't like being tweeted like a little baby. Can you fix my hand, man? Uh, I can't. No, that's not my job. Um, lions, lions, help me, <laughs> lions. I told I you to leave. Fix my hand. I told you. Pitter patter. I came in here because I was supposed to clean. That's fine. Do you just want me to clean up the, the throw up? And because there was all this screaming, do you just want me to clean it up while, while you look at me clean up your throw up? That's gross. <laughs> we should probably take Cleo to get that hand looked at. I want to go home. That would not be prudent. You will probably die if you just went home. Cleo wouldn't <laughs> die from this. Have you ever seen a hand that messed up before? Oh I've my never... god, am I going to die? Cleo. <laughs> Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Lambier, you're the worst. I hate you. <laughs> Is it that bad I'm gonna die? It's not that bad. I'm gonna die. I assume. I think I can feel it. Let's 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 go. You're gonna be fine, Cleo. <laughs> it's fine. And Lions looks back over their shoulder as they and local kind of usher Cleo out. Lion looks back and goes to Vlambeer. I hope you never bud. I chose not to. I don't want to. I have personal reasons for that. Thank you for the affirmation of my identity. <laughs> Good night. So where do you go? Let's just go to another clinic. Very well. I mean, Lions works at a paid-for clinic, Philly's clinic, and another clinic that's pretty, like, low-cost. Pick one! Probably the low-cost one, because we're poor and working for a rebel organization. So what is this second clinic like? If you thought that Philly's clinic was charming and quaint, it's got nothing on uh, this clinic. This clinic is so adorable. It is basically like a two-bedroom apartment-sized itty-bitty little shack that it's kind of surprising that it's still standing, but the interior very clean. They seat people in what's basically the living room. And yeah, there are two rooms that people are seen in. And where like the kitchenette-ish area would be is basically where the help desk is. It's very, very, very small. It's a hole in the alleyway. You come in and you get set up in the room and you set Cleo's hand with little to do. Cleo's hand is all tidied up and bandaged. It's still very, very broken and very, very tender and very, very sore, but it's not likely to fester in the state that it's in after Lyons has tended to it. 
It now looks like it resembles a hand. Lions is wagging their tails. We're all leaving the clinic and realizes that they are in the neighborhood adjacent to Vanui's neighborhood and that this is a great time. And so Lions, as they wag, they line up with local in such a way that Lions' tail bangs against local for his attention. Yes. Do you know where we are? Yes, we are at the clinic that you work at, one of them. Do you know where we're close to? We are close to many things. Okay, but we're close to a place where we need... Cleo, help me! I think we all know what needs to be done here. We need to plant some evidence. We already planted some. We planted some evidence at the place where your hand got broken because of... I mean, the part where we put blame on someone, our whole task. Oh! Yeah. That is that is a good evidence. I yeah. like that evidence. Me too. Yes. We could say that Vanui was having a secret meeting with the mm. person that you were meeting with. That's a they, good idea. They take lunch at the same place at the same time. They do. That provides convenient excuse if we put that he was meeting with someone at that place, at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're close to their apartment. Are we? Yeah. Wow. Let us take care of that then. Also, should we frame Paolo for the fire? Ooh, we know where Paolo lives because we sent the letter. We can just put a little special something something sparky sparky <gasps> boom. Do you have any, like, um... Bombs? Yes, but, like, residue of your bombs that we could leave at there since that'll already be at the crime scene? Um, I would say that spark dandy bombs are a thing that people make. Oh, yeah. So that way you could like basically just take some of your little shavings, shavings, Mm -hmm. put it into a like a pipe bomb Mm -hmm. type situation. And that way it would sort of similarly look like what you did. I could shed in a mason jar. That would be perfect. I think we should do it. Let's do it. All right. So are you going to Vanui's first or to Paolo's? Vanui's. So Vanui's apartment, just a couple blocks down the way, and it is about as disreparious as the clinic that you were just at. This whole area is pretty run down and pretty ramshackle. You might assume that someone who has a job of the sort that Vanui has with Cotechnologics might make a little bit more money than what it appears that Vanui is making, but not so, apparently. This apartment is basically a couple of ramshackle tenement shacks stacked on top of one another, each of which is like an individual apartment. Vanui lives on the third floor, and you know for certain that he's not home right now. You are in the alley behind the building right now. What are you going to do? You know, they say that even basic bitches try, but they are not trying here, I tell you what. There's no need to try and be sneaky about this. Vanui is not home. We can merely go to his apartment. I'm just worried about Ka. I am always worried about Ka, but that cannot stop us. There. It's worth a try just going in. I'm no use for lockpicking now, but... Um... Let's just go check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Lion says as they pitter-patter toward Vanui's floor. As they hop over the occasional creaky step. In this run-down, beat-down, poor little place, they're just sniffing around at the stairs and all these weird smells, some of which are more like urine than others. And there's actually a number of people who are sort of out on the walkway here. You can hear the distant din 
in of television sets running in the apartments, and most of the people who are out here are in bathrobes or pajama-type clothes, leaning over the railings, smoking cigarettes, that sort of thing. They seem to pay you less than no mind as you ascend the stairs. If you seem like shady characters, shady characters are so commonplace around these parts that it's essentially unremarkable. So you arrive at Vanui's door, and I've got to tell you, it's locked. The silvery door handle is heavily peeled. Any of the sheen that used to be on that knob is stripped away and gone, and it is basically just this hunk of almost raw ore with a groove for a key carved into the middle of it attached to a less than sturdy looking door. What do you do? To be completely honest, I'm kind of tempted to just melt the like keyhole with one of my abilities because I'm a fail this tinker roll. I'm gonna tell you now, I'm gonna fail this tinker roll. Perhaps less conspicuous if I just knock the handle off because we can always put the handle back. Okay. Local will turn the handle past the point where it should go and just sort of turns it and pulls off of the door. Basically, now both the inside and outside have fallen off and there's just sort of a hole where the handle was okay if you would like to activate i think bringing down the house is that the one yes you should be able to do that without any risk let's do that all right so local pops this doorknob clean off you can hear the door handle on the other side clatter to the ground and the door lazily and floatily drifts open the living space within is basically a studio apartment there is a window on the far side of it through which a sort of pale green light from the rest of the city seems to filter in even through the heavy curtain which is trying to drown it out There are signs of a chaotic and driven but studious life around. There's lots of pages of notes, calendars sitting around. There's actually what looks to be three or four different planners for this year that have been started and then traded out for other planners. There's like a a computer station in the corner of the room, just a table of metal sand that you sit at and it boots up and serves as a computer interface. There's also a couch that has a lot of holes poked in the cushions. And there's also a garishly patterned bright green and yellow rug with some coffee stains on it. What do you do as you enter? That's an ugly rug. If you want to place the meeting notes, I will put the doorknob back together. Sure, I can use my hand for that. This is going to be fun. And she takes the notes and she tiptoes around the house, obviously snooping and looking for a good place to lay the notes as well. And she finds a spot next to his computer and puts it right underneath the mouse. I would love if you could give me a survey roll then. Survey says... One. Six. This goes exactly as you described. You find this place for the meeting notes next to the computer. There's what looks to be the planner that lines up to the date range of your job that you took with Triscade. You're able to insert the notes, make it look plausible and feasible, and local is finishing up tightening back the screws on the doorknob. 
Lyons has actually been sniffing around for whatever smells the most like Vanui aside from the sofa. So that way they can bring Vanui back his most like important notes or whatever. And Lyons is just going to shove them in their pouch. And worst comes to worst, they bring Vanui a bunch of trash that he doesn't need. But best comes to best, they bring Vanui stuff that he would have missed. I'm not going to ask for a roll for that. That sounds pretty routine and basic. So you've snatched up a bunch of these notes. Are you wearing a satchel? How are you carrying these notes? My little harness thing is a backpack on the back where like regularly it would be connected to a leash. And so that's where I keep my script. And so I just bring them all over to local who unzips it and puts them in for me. Alrighty. So you've got a backpack full of notes. You've planted this evidence and the door is fixed. Are you on your way then, headed off to the next scene? Yes, indeed. As you are descending the stairs, one of these people who was out smoking before is still out on what must be a second or a third or a fourth cigarette at this point. A human in his mid-thirties with a sort of sandy complexion who is holding the cigarette in a metal hand, and you can hear the sort of servos whirring as he twiddles it between his fingers. I... I think I heard some stuff while you were up there. I, I just saw you coming around uh, not a minute ago. Uh, you were visiting V's place, right? I think my ears are sharp enough that, that that's the one, right? That sounded like V's apartment? Yeah, uh, it was. Hey, uh, how you doing there? <laughs> not so bad, and you? I'm okay. Uh, well, actually, we're a little worried because we're actually looking for Vanui. He hasn't showed up to meet with us for a few days, and we're just starting to get worried about him. We haven't seen him, and he hasn't been answering any calls. Has he come by recently? He left for work yesterday, I think. Don't think he came back last night. Yeah, we were just starting to get worried, so we thought we'd do, I don't know, what are they called? Wellness checks? Yeah, I don't know. We just were kind of worried and he's not in there. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't know how much you know about this part of town. People don't really do wellness checks around Why? these parts. Well, two reasons. Reason number one, usually if you call on a wellness check, you're talking to cost security and they're the people who are coming and doing the wellness check. Cost security shows up at your door to do a wellness check. There's two likely scenarios. You wind up shot dead or you wind up indebted. To Caught Technologics. Well, we don't look kindly on that. Well, Reason number two. Mm -hmm. Everyone's out here looking for number one. Some scumbag who lives above me is suddenly, you know, not showing up anymore. And maybe that means more opportunities for me. Did you think he was a scumbag? I didn't really know him, but that's aside from the point. What I'm saying is the only wellness check I care about is uh, the wellness check that relates to this thing down here and he points to his waist where there is a fanny pack oh. with the script symbol sewn into it well we know a little bit about Cobb, but we're not from this area so well that's why we decided to do the wellness check ourselves because we don't really trust Ka. if you dig up what i'm putting in the ground oh i, I hear what you're saying i'm also saying that you that if want you us don't... to call Ka and ask them to do a wellness check on you I'm saying that if you don't want a wellness check called on yourselves, that you might want to consider a donation to the Complex Renovation Fund. Look, pal. Place is a shithole. We don't have a lot to offer. I mean, obviously, we're kind of down on our luck. She points to her arm. We've had a pretty rough night, and um, we're not looking for any trouble. I've got some snacks if you want them. Snacks. 
I've got some Accuplant. Accuplant. Interesting. Uh, tell you what. Looks like, uh, you've got a set of skills that might be useful. What if, uh, we just call a rain check on your donation, huh? What skills are you referring to of mine? The ability to get a broken hand. Do you need a hand broken? Do you need one of your hands broken? I do not Don't play fucking it. dumb with me. I heard you break the door. I didn't break a door. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I was using the collective, you dumbass. You're a dumbass. What's your name? Bartolomeo. Look, I don't know who you think you're threatening, but come the opportunity where you need help and we see fit in our time schedule, maybe we'll throw you a hand. And I only have one. You sure do. But I see two other good hands and what looks like four sturdy paws. Mm-mm, and Lions raises their left paw with the metal and like does a whimper. Yeah, big fucking whoop. And he takes the cigarette, drags it, takes the cigarette out of his mouth, and then does like a full 360 degree whirl with his own mechanical hand. Mm, I don't think they're supposed to do that. Well, like I said, if we find the time to give you a hand, we will. Well, how am I gonna, you know, be able to contact you in just, case of that? Just flash a signal in the sky. Cleo gives her private investigative card. Oh, oh, see? See, I knew you were something special. We do wellness checks, clearly. Really, the more you say that, the more it sounds like you're assassins. We're not, we promise. But we would say that if we were. Anyway, I might be giving you a call at some point. You seem discreet, if obstinate. Move along. See you then, friend. Don't tell me what to do! Lions cries <laughs> as they gallop down the stairs. I could have had a gun. I could have just killed... Am I not as threatening as I think I am? Mm, when no. I am around, you are not very threatening. Sorry, no. friend. We've been through a lot tonight. But we're throwing you a bone, man. You need yeah. help. And no, then just, I, I Loco opens it. up his chest and throws him a bone. <laughs> 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 it's got meat this on it still. A whole fish skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. Good Cookie, get back in there. This is a bad part of the neighborhood. And he closes the chest again. Little scratches from the inside, just little ones. As we walk away from the apartments... Guys, these painkillers are very awesome. Yeah, I I might need to take something. I am so stressed. I'm so on edge. Hey, I got plenty. Come on over. You are not supposed to give them to other people. We talked about this. But you asked. I've got I've got plenty. You you need them all. You need to ration them. I feel great. I feel great now. I feel great. This is why I keep putting you on a day by day dosage. Except I hate when they run out. It's good. And then you come after me. It's good. Let's just go to Paulo's. As you are descending the stairs, a small creature skitters out in your path and starts saying, lower your dosage, lower your dosage. And Cleo. Lower your dosage. And this is a mimic muskrat. So it's like just a little sort of rodent creature who's hopping around. Cleo picks it up and. Lower your dosage. Lions opens their mouth. And no, I want to keep it. I want to eat it. If he has a Mrs. I Good cookie. I want to keep it. Why can't I have a muskrat? Are you, I want to keep it. I want to eat it. Is I why. want to keep it. I don't want to eat Mrs. Good cookie. What is your name, young man? Keeper. I want to keep it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I doing good? Am I, am I doing fine? You're okay. Okay. You're okay. Thank you. Wow. You're Mrs. Good cookie. <laughs> I didn't know he heard that. I didn't know he was there for that. 
I hate Mimic Muskrats. I hate Mrs. Good Cookie. <laughs> that is not okay. Now I need to eat it. He doesn't know what that is. That is Let's, no excuse. Ignorance is no excuse to Ka Technologics. It's no excuse to me. Let's go to Paolo's. Let's go to Paolo's. Aw, good idea. And yeah, his little tail is thumping around on you. She puts Keeper on her shoulder. Clearly delusional, clearly out of it, and hanging on by a thread. She also still has her side laceration. Bitch is fucked up. Ooh, yeah. A stitch in your side and a broken hand. <laughs> Oof, ouch, ooey. So, are you taking Cleo's car to and fro? If so... She would be adamant about driving, yes. And just ask someone else to switch the gears. Lines looks at Cleo and the Mimic Muscat and looks to Local. And with Lions's big puppy dog eyes, Lions looks a little scared. And they say... Don't tell anyone I said this, but maybe we should call... Mrs. Good Cookie? <laughs> no, no, Chaloon. Kevin. Chaloon. Chaloon. Aw, but what about my car? I can drive just fine. We would not want something recognizable to be seen driving to and from. Hmm, okay. Well, that's a valid point. Call Chaloon. Ah, uh, Lion's Dials. Hello, it's Chaloon. Hey, Chaloon, Loon, Loon, Choon, Choon, yeah. Choon, Choon. I've been reading those books. Oh, good. I'm glad that you took that well. Um, how do you feel about um? We need a driver. Yep. Ooh, it's three o'clock in the morning. It's you're awake. I'm awake because I answered my phone. Well, I mean, if you're not up to it, we'll just call someone else. I'll be there in a minute. Where Where are you at? Uh, we'll meet you over at Tinfoil Park. And so at Tinfoil Park, we see you standing beneath a streetlight, three silhouettes with the mimic muskrat sitting on Cleo's shoulder. And they just seem to be learning so much, so quickly, so many new words. And Chaloon pulls up in his truck. Hey, buddy. Howdy. Hey, uh, everybody, come on in. Lions looks to local to get the door. Yeah. And Cleo. Then they sit in regularly. What up? He's just, you're playing with your hand out there, huh? It's, uh, <laughs> I can't feel shit. I'm really fucked up. <laughs> you said it, Kevin. I renamed him Kevin. My name is Kevin. Aw. And Cleo gets in the passenger seat. Hey. So, um, we need to go to this uh, dress. And Lion says, as they are digging around on the floor in the back, ugh. Good. I thought that I left one here. And there is just like a dusty mason jar in the floor that looks like it actually had something in it. Um, but like something dry, like powdery. Are you hiding stuff in my truck? I hid stuff in everyone's places. It's don't worry about it. It's don't worry about it. What do you mean by it's don't worry about it? Are you going to the address? Can you please push the room room? I need you to answer my question. What do you mean by it's don't worry about it? I believe they mean do not worry about it. This is my secret space. Lines is twisting the jar open and dusting some of their, like, fibers in. It's fine. Be cool. Be cool. Listen to Kevin. Listen to Kevin. Be cool. Be cool, Chaloon. Be at peace. Be one- with the metal. It's fine. Everything is fine. Uh, you need to turn I don't left appreciate here. the way you're always trying to push me around. I'm not your freaking toy. You Cleo. know, I'm a person. Cleo reaches over and pats Trilune on the shoulder. It's not you, man. She slinks back into her seat and throws up a peace sign. Are you sure that she's okay? 
to to do this. I'm just fine. Thanks, Kevin, man. It's better that she is with us than alone. I mean, I guess that's fair. I'll take you to this place, but you better be careful you don't start anything with her in that state, you know. I just popped a two extra painkillers. That should be fine by the time we get there. On a one-way trip to Cruise City. Ah, this is such a winged mice shower. All right, I'll, I'll take you as long as you promise, Lions, that you're not going to leave any more stuff in here. I thought I cleaned this thing yesterday. I promise that I won't leave anything else here without telling you anything new. Nothing new here. Yeah. Chilun. Yes? Cleo's right in Chilun's ear. Chilun, can you roll down the window? Yeah, and Chilun rolls the window down. Thanks. And she sticks her finger in his ear. Cheesy, <laughs> crazy. And we cut to outside of Paolo's house, which is fancier by a a wide margin than Vanui's place. It's by no means, like, extravagant, but he has, like, some semblance of, like, a yard with a driveway and a proper mailbox. It's kind of common decoration in AO to do rock or sand gardens with some small metal fixtures to create ambiance. And his yard has some fixtures that emit this sort of low white noise that almost sounds like the pitter-patter of rain. I vote we stuff the jar in a mailbox with a note of for the next one. (laughs) No? No? Batter in a bush? It's probably fine. I believe... If he finds that before anyone else, then it will do no good. Mm. In a bush? Mm. In a beehive. Local looks around at the house and sees one of those small windows at ground level that is normally the window they have for a basement. And he points towards it, I believe. (gasps) Something down there he would not find for a long enough period. Kevin will fit. We are not sending your friend in. Mm. Kevin is not strong enough to hold a mason jar. She yes. puts a jar next to Kevin. Kevin puts it and lifts it over his head like a wrestling champ. He's just pumping it up and down. <laughs> I don't trust him with a jar full of very flammable substance. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. And Fine. I'm going to do a quick die roll here. Mm. Would you prefer if high or low is favorable to you? Mm, probably low. Low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a luck check. Or, I'm sorry, a fortune roll. So that's a three right in the middle, leaning toward low. So what I'm going to say is Paolo isn't home right now. And based on everything that Cleo knows from her numerous interactions with the guy, he probably does have some sort of relatively robust home security system. But at least he's not here right now to mess with you if it goes off. Like his car's not in the driveway. All the lights in the house are off. There's no sign of life in there. But you might need to do something to skirt this security system. We could have uh, Kevin chew on some cords. There's a fuse just on the right-hand side. I can see it from here. Sure, Cleo. Why don't you see if Kevin can do that? Cool. Because Lions looks too local. Like, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work. Yep. So Cleo walks with Kevin in her hands like a little pickle and puts him right to the fuse box. So because this is a sort of strange situation that is a little bit outside the expected realm of the rules, I think that we're going to call for another fortune roll. Before you roll, go ahead and call high or low for me. Low. All right, let's see how it goes. No, please, God. It's a two. I'll take it. Yes! (laughs) 
Kevin reaches out and grabs the wires with two of his hands and then just starts devouring that stuff with his giant muskrat teeth. He finishes it, looks up to you and says, on a one-way trip to Cruisetown. Lyons looks to local as the lights from the security inside shut off and goes, still kind of want to eat him. Local looks down at uh, Lyons and just sort of tilts his head, shrugs. Hmm. It's a living. Lions moseys on over to the window that local pointed out, and they give it a little rat-a-tat-tat and slides the window open. They put the jar on the ground and just roll it with their nose so that way it rolls on down and in. Okay, go ahead and give me a finesse roll to make sure that you get it to its destination without breaking it. I mean, worse comes door like slip all this place. That's a six. It rolls in and lands exactly where Lyons is hoping to get it. Where is Lyons aiming this as they roll it? There is a stack of stuff. Like, you know how when you don't know where to put something and so you like put it in a corner or like a space that you don't normally walk through and then stuff just kind of collects around that thing. Like it starts with a box or a coat and then all of a sudden you just have a bunch of stuff that doesn't have a place and it rolls right into that pile and like underneath a thing. There's like a metal poster of sorts leaning up against a box and it rolls right in between the metal poster and the box in this pile of mismatched stuff. Perfect. At this point, then I'm assuming you all hurry back as quickly as you can to Chaloon's yes. truck. Mm-hmm. And as you get situated in there, Cleo, you're really feeling all of the painkillers that you've taken to sort of keep yourself functional for this job. Mm -hmm. And your phone starts going off in your pocket. Hold on, everybody. I gotta get this. Hello? Is this Cleo I'm speaking to? What's up? This is Anatoly Favoli. Hi. to talk. Speaking. Thank you so much for listening to Arms of the Tide. If you'd like more information about the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Arms of the Tide. Mutants in the Night is a game by DC, and you can purchase it and DC's other games at dungeoncommander.itch.io. That's Commander without the E. Our theme music is by Aaron Catano Saez, and our logo is by Alex Marin. Arms of the Tide is a member of the OneShot Podcast Network. For more wonderful shows from the network, check out Backstory. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role-playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARP rights, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emerging artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their visions for the future of role-playing.